This episode is supported by Jace Medical. You may or may not know that in December, drug shortages across the U.S. hit a record high. This is causing severe disruptions in medical treatments, resulting in delays, treatment cancellations, and the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. I know that I have heard in the last few months from multiple mom friends of mine, instances where they have not been able to get medications for themselves or for their children in critical crisis moments. This is so, so scary. I know I've had friends with their kids having seasonal flu cold symptoms, struggling to breathe, and they're at urgent care and unable to get the antibiotics that they need because of these shortages. This is scary stuff. Most notably, one of the short supply antibiotics is amoxicillin, which is commonly used for so many of our children's illnesses. So here's where Jace Medical comes in. They have the Jace case, which is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that are used for the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your or your children's family's unique needs, like an EpiPen, for example, something that you would never want to be without, would never want to have to run from pharmacy to pharmacy in pursuit of. So if you want to go get these medications and have your antibiotics on supply so that you always have them when you need them in case of an emergency, in case of a disaster, in case of being a, you know, a victim of this drug shortage, Jace Medical will have you covered. All you need to do is go to jacemedical.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code SHAMELESS at jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com, jacemedical.com, code SHAMELESS. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 275. Show notes for this episode, including all links mentioned, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 275. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. I'm so happy to be here. Happy Monday. So this episode is going live just after I've come back from spending my mom's 80th birthday with her. And I am sure there will be photos on Instagram and Facebook. And I'll just let you know now, my mom is like 80 going on 62. She's kind of a badass. And I'm super excited to be celebrating her milestone birthday with her. And I don't know. I mean, maybe it'll inspire a whole separate podcast episode later. But anyways, that's what I'm going to be doing, what I will have just done when this episode goes live. And then a couple days after that, so two days from now, I go to New Orleans for the first time. So my husband surprised me with this trip for our anniversary, and we're going to New Orleans. So our 10-year anniversary was in September, and he gave me the surprise in August. Let's just dive into like, let your freak flag fly right now. He had to give me a surprise in August so that I could prepare for the surprise from August to October, because he knew that if he surprised me with a trip and was like, pack your bags, we're leaving tomorrow, I would like lose my mind. So I so appreciate that after 10 years of marriage and 15 years together, that he knows that like a surprise trip on 24 hours notice would 
absolutely give me an anxiety attack. So I had two months to plan for this. And what I'm really excited about is I have had my hands in nothing for this trip. And usually when we travel, like when I say usually, I mean 100% of the times that we've ever traveled together in 15 years, I have planned everything. Not that he wouldn't plan things. Like there's certain things where I'll be like, hey, can you book the rental car? But in terms of like booking the place that we stay and finding the fancy restaurants or the fun places we want to go or whatever, like whatever the goal of the trip is, I want to be in control of all of it. And I want to find like the exact things that fit my qualifications. And I just want to be like my control freaky self. And that's how it always plays out. And he's always like, cool. Like he often will also do research and look into things, but he's just generally like not as controlling as me. So this trip, I've done nothing. He booked the Airbnb. He booked the flights. I mean, even just having him book flights, I was like, um, so what time do we leave? Did you make sure to get direct? What airlines are we going to get miles? I mean, I had like so many questions. He figured out childcare for us to be gone for five days. Like that's huge. He got his sister to come up. So my lovely sister-in-law will be staying with us and staying with Vinny and Danny, the damn dog, Granny Danny. And she's super excited about that. And he's like booked reservations at restaurants and music things and like the whole thing. It's really, really cool. So I just had to give him a little shout out. So this episode is sandwiched in between two really fun, exciting things. And I'm sure I'll have more to share about that shortly. And I'll be excited to get you guys up to speed. But I'm sure there'll be lots of updates over on Instagram at the Shameless Mom Academy as I navigate just two big, fun, exciting things. So... Let's dive into how to let your freak flag fly. I'm pretty excited about this episode. And I want to give a shout out to my girl, Jessica Butts, who totally inspired this episode. So Jessica Butts was on the show a couple months ago, I think. And she talked about personality typing, which is basically her specialty. She coaches people around like basically building their best life and their best businesses based on their Myers-Briggs personality testing. And I adore her work. I just spent two days at a conference that she put on that was amazing called the Front Seat Life Event, which is basically live your life from your front seat, meaning like build a life around your strengths based on your personality type so that you can get all the things that you want and really enjoy the life that you build rather than accepting things that maybe just aren't in alignment with your values or what you stand for or who you innately are. So one of the things she talked about at the event was letting your freak flag fly and really embracing that and embracing the things that make you stand out and building a life around that, which I love this idea. And I think it's so important. And I've definitely, you know, I hadn't really considered how I had done this until she brought it up. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I think I've done that. Like, I think I'm pretty good at letting my freak flag fly in a number of different ways. So I wanted to talk that through today and also hopefully inspire you to consider how you can be more capable in your life if you really embrace the things that make you uniquely you, whether that is your innate personality type, whether that is your like, you know, varying interests and hobbies, whether that is wanting to wear leopard print everything all the time, like whatever it is, really embracing that rather than feeling like you need to maybe save things for certain areas or spaces of your life or hide things from people or hide things from sometimes friends and family and colleagues, like really just embracing who you are and living in that 
person and living in your truest, most authentic self all the time. So let's dive into four ways to let your freak flag fly. And the first is being honest and unapologetic about what you like and what you don't like. And some of you might be like, I have spent so much time serving my family for so many years that I don't even know what I like anymore. And I've had this conversation with people before where they say like, my kids went to college and I didn't even know what to make for dinner because I didn't know what food I liked anymore because I'd just been making the food my kids liked for 18 years. So this can happen. Like we literally sometimes don't even know what food we like. We don't even know what our favorite color is. We don't know what our favorite pastimes are if we get really caught up in living for other people and supporting other people's lives, which is very common in motherhood. So I want you to be aware of that and aware of What do you like and what don't you like? And be cool with that and embrace that and embrace the parts of you that want to wear the leopard print every day or that want to have purple hair. I love the episode I did with Beryl, the photographer, Beryl Young, and she talked about dyeing her hair like hot pink. Like, amen, yes. And for her, that was like a way of her like helping manage her anxiety and just showing herself to the world as is. Like that helped her really kind of come out of some of the darker places of her life to let her freak flag fly and just see like, whatever, if I repel some people, okay, I'm gonna attract the right people if I'm living in my truest sense of self. So if you don't know what you like, if you don't know what your passions are or things that like, if you can't really determine like, what do I like? What do I stand for? What am I passionate about? What would I build a hobby around if I had time? Go back and listen to episode 247 around seven steps to find your passion. Because that episode also will help you dial into just like, what are your actual interests at this phase in your life? Because sometimes we're so wrapped up in getting through a day with a million tasks that we don't even recognize what we like and enjoy in life anymore. And that episode will give you some good things to think about and consider around the ideas of like, if you had a whole day to spend by yourself, what would you do? And like I last weekend spent a whole day, my husband and Vinny were out of town for a couple days, which was really lovely. They had so much fun. I had crazy FOMO. They were staying in this amazing cabin over on Lake Wenatchee. So if you're in Washington, you might be familiar with that area. And I saw this cabin a few days before they left. I was looking through the link on Airbnb and I was like, Vince, I'm kind of offended that I'm not invited to this. I'm kind of upset that this is a boy's trip because this cabin looks amazing. But I will tell you that having my house to myself for two days was also so amazing. And initially I thought like, what am I even going to do with this time? And you know what I did? I did a vision board for like eight hours and it was amazing and so much fun. I loved the experience. I love to just have space and time and like have my thoughts to myself. So here's how I let my freak flag fly during that time. I blasted music. I never listened to music because I'm always listening to podcasts. And I was like, I feel like I need to listen to music while I'm doing this. So I just blasted some Indigo Girls. I mean... Is there anything better than Indigo Girls and vision boarding? Like those of you that connect on that are like so with me on that. And those of you who don't connect on that are like, what is she even talking about? The Indigo Girls who? And vision board what? But here's the thing. When I shared this on social media that I was like, yeah, so I'm just vision boarding and listening to Indigo Girls and living my best life. The messages I got from people who were like, oh my God, Indigo Girls. Like I know every word to every song. I was like, yes. Like I loved Indigo Girls in college and then after college. I mean, I had like every album, memorized every song. 
I got the opportunity to see them in concert a couple of years ago. I went to a TED Women event. So if you're familiar with TED Talks, it was an event put on by the same company. And it was an amazing, amazing event. And the Indigo Girls were the live music for the event. And so the first night there, they put on this concert for everyone attending the event. And it was basically the first time I'd ever gone to a concert by myself. And I was like, this is going to be really weird and uncomfortable. Oh my God, I had the freaking time of my life. Because you know what I got to do? I got to get like front row and sing every single Indigo Girl song as loud as I wanted. And I was like, I don't even know anyone here. So who even cares if I look ridiculous? <laughs> and it was so, so fun. So I really enjoyed doing that this weekend, listening to Indigo Girls, singing every single word super loud while I worked on my vision board and just got super woo-woo. So here's what I want you to do when you're looking at being honest and unapologetic about what you like and what you don't like, recognize that you have to be kind of open about those things and recognize that there might be relationships where you aren't open about what you like, or maybe you like kind of settle and spend time and space in other people's interests where you're not genuinely interested. And I'm going to give you an example of where I did this quite a while ago. When my husband and I were dating, he had a number of friends who were and still are like very into the art scene and into arts and into like going to museums. And they would talk about like, oh, I went to the Seattle Art Museum and saw this like installation and blah, blah, blah. I never had a clue what they were talking about. I never knew who the artists were. I didn't even really know that Seattle had a museum. I was like, the what? The who? And I remember spending time in conversations with them in like conversations of, you know, three to five people sitting around a table and nodding my head and like laughing like, oh, ha, 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 like as if I knew what they were talking about and I had no clue. And I remember how uncomfortable that felt. And I remember thinking maybe if I'm going to date this person, maybe I need to like go learn about art stuff. But I never really got around to that because at the time I was too busy doing triathlons and half marathons. And so I would spend this time in my husband's social scene talking about art or mostly just listening to other people talk about art and smiling, pretending I knew what they were talking about every now and then. And then the next day I would turn around and like go to a triathlon and those people that were talking about art did not have a clue about my triathlon stuff. In fact, one of the women would always be like, oh, Sarah, good luck on your marathon this weekend. And I would be like, yeah, so it's a triathlon. It's kind of totally different. It's not even a little bit the same as a marathon. Like, and I remember being kind of annoyed. And like, she was being so nice. But I was like, dude, how does she not even know? How does she not know the difference between a marathon and a triathlon? Come on. But that was literally how I was about the art. Like, I had no clue what they were talking about. And the artist names that they were using in the museums, I was like, what? It was like a completely different language to me. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. 
I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. So I started over time getting more clear on like, no, if I'm not genuinely interested in this whole art situation, I don't have to go learn it. It was not at the root of my husband and I's relationship. It was one of his interests and passions, but it wasn't like he was looking for someone who could go museum hopping with him. So, I mean, sometimes I do go museum hopping with him now and I'm a pretty good sport about it, but he also knows that like he can find me in the gift shop (laughs) or like at a nearby bar with a glass of wine after like 45 minutes. So he knows like what my limitations are with that, which is fine. So I think recognizing where you might be trying to connect with people over things that you really don't care about and letting go of some of those relationships and stepping back. Like I don't spend social time with my husband's art friends ever, ever, ever. Like I just never was able to form strong bonds with them. And for a while I felt like maybe this is bad. Like if we can't have mutual friends and blah, blah, blah. But I found over time it didn't matter. Like those people they ended up not being my people. They were talking behind my back and making fun of me for doing triathlons. And oh my God, Sarah can never party because she has to get up early the next morning and whatever. Like who has time for that? And so we kind of held mutual respect for each other. Like when we saw each other in social things, like, Hey, it's great to see you. And we would catch up on like what's going on in life and work and whatever. But I never formed big bonds with those people. And that's totally fine. And as a couple, we ended up finding other friends where we had better relationships, where we felt like we were both able to relate to everyone better. And that was great too. Don't try to take on other people's interests. Acknowledge your own interests and see where you can build relationships in there. I was able to build relationships with coworkers when I was doing distance running and triathlons. I built a whole network of coworkers who did races with me. And that was so fun. That also meant that there was a whole nother network of coworkers who were like going out and partying until 5am. They weren't my people. And sometimes I had FOMO like, oh, like they're basically like the popular people at work and I don't get to hang out with them because I'm off doing triathlon things. But those people that I was off doing triathlon things with, I'm still friends with a lot of them. Those are lasting relationships. I left that job 15 years ago, 16 years ago. I still have relationships with those people. And I look back, I'm like, I don't really care. Like the people who were partying till 5am, I don't even care what they're up to. Like those weren't meaningful relationships to me. So be honest and unapologetic about what you like and what you don't like in terms of your personal interests and what you stand for and kind of the, the kinds of communities you want to be in and be really clear around that. Number two is be okay repelling some people and trust that you will attract the right people who will be best for you to connect with. So the examples where I've done this have been in sharing stories that other people might perceive to be like kind of polarizing or or ostracizing stories. So one would be talking about our infertility journey. Some people might be like, wow, that's a lot. Like she just shows up on social media and she talks about infertility. Like there's definitely people in my life who think that's not cool. That's fine. 
they don't have to follow me. We actually had a friend a number of years ago. So when I first got on social media on Facebook, I talked about my gym stuff all the time. Like I was growing my fitness business. It was going really well. And this was before Facebook had business pages. And so I just talked about it on my personal page. Like, hey, come on down to this free boot camp and come out and do this transformation program. And one of my husband's friends was like, just an FYI, I had to unfriend you because I can't watch all the fitness stuff. And I remember thinking I was like kind of hurt by it. Like, really? But I thought we were friends. Like this was someone I socialized with regularly. And someone to this day, I'm still friends with and like totally adore him. And he was just being honest. Like it wasn't like it wasn't a bad thing. But I remember feeling a little hurt. And then later I was like, that's totally fine. I wasn't putting that stuff on there hoping to convert him. I wasn't thinking like, I hope people who aren't into fitness will now be like, oh, yeah, I totally need to go do that. I just wanted to attract people, the people who were already like, yes, boot camp is so fun. I'll see you on Saturday at 10. Like, that's who I was looking to connect with. And so I was really clear that I was okay with some people being repelled by it and some people rolling their eyes and being like, yes, I'm not even going to like read this post because here goes Sarah talking about working out again. So be okay with some people being repelled because the flip side of that repellent is attraction and that you will attract the people who you will have the most meaningful connections with. So another example of this for me has been talking about my anxiety. And when I talk about anxiety and mental health, the people that I get to connect with as a result of that is it's amazing and it's healing for me and it's healing for other people. And that is extremely powerful to me. So I'm okay if other people are like, wow, that's a lot. Like she's talking about having anxiety since she was eight years old. Like maybe she needs to get some more therapy before she's on social media talking about that. There's probably people that think that whatever, that's fine. They're not my people. In the meantime, the people that I am connecting with over it are people that I have great relationships with and people who they'll send me messages and say like, wow, your post really spoke to me or this was like profoundly impactful to me. That's amazing. So I have been able to make connections and build relationships and friendships around those kinds of conversations around shared experiences of infertility, of anxiety, of fitness, like those kinds of things. So I'm okay if some people are like, I don't want any of that. I'm not here for it. And then the people who are like, yes, like sign me up. Where can we meet for coffee? Can we please grab a glass of wine? Like I want to be in your squad and that I love. So that's really, really powerful. Number three, let yourself stand out and don't give a damn. Basically practice giving less Fs. So an example of this in my current life is I'm starting to let go of my black uniform. So part of this has been in the fitness industry for so long, maybe, but I am someone who's like, let me just put on my black pants and my black fleece and my black vest, like all the black, just like camouflage into life. Maybe on a crazy day, I might whip out like black and white stripes, <laughs> but like my closet doesn't have a ton of color and I've really been working on changing this and I started buying things a number of years ago, like in anticipation of wanting to show up differently, but I didn't wear a lot of the things. I actually went through my closet probably two years ago and got rid of a whole bunch of stuff that still had tags on it. Like basically I had planned to live a brighter, bolder life and never got around to it. And I had all these clothes that I didn't really like anymore. That, like the styles were dated or whatever, but I never worn them. I remember one shirt in particular was like this kind of pleated. I don't even know how to describe it, but it was a purple shirt that had like these pleats in it. And I remember when I bought it being like someday, I'm like, I'm totally going to wear this to an event. This would be a cool shirt to wear to an event. And then I never wore it. And I gave it away. I gave it to Goodwill with the Banana Republic tag still on it. But what I've started doing now in the last couple of years is buying the bright things and wearing the bright things. 
And what's amazing is I used to go to events, especially like conferences and stuff. And like I kind of sometimes in those big event environments, I become a little bit of an introvert. And I'm like, I just kind of want to hide in my back corner and take notes and like leave. And I started in the last year or so wearing the brighter colors and being a little bit more attractive, not in the sense of like looking good, but attractive in terms of like attracting people through what I wear. And what I found is that now my clothes have become a topic of conversation. (laughs) And so this has happened the last two events I went to where like something that I'm wearing has become a conversation starter repeatedly. Like I'm in the bathroom washing my hands and like 13 people have commented on this one specific poncho thing that I got in. It's like a mustard color poncho. You've probably seen it on Instagram if you follow me closely. I got it in Paris and it's literally like the most complimented piece of clothing I've ever worn, but it's super bright. I also started wearing like these super cute knee high boots, which by the way, I got at Target. So I'm not saying like this stuff does not have to be fancy. But a friend of mine, I was dropping Vinny off at school the other day. And she like pulled up beside me in her car and rolled down her window. She was like, Sarah Dean, what are you doing? Because I was in a dress and boots up to my knees like on a Thursday morning at 8am. And she's like, who are you right now? Like, if you know me at all, you know that like, I don't wear dresses unless I'm being paid to wear dresses. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to a meeting today. And she was like, what? So I've really tried to step out of wearing my black uniform and let myself be seen a little bit more. And what's been really cool about that is that I'm having a lot of interesting conversations with people and connecting with people. And it's really fun. So I'm having more fun and engaging conversations at events. I'm coming across as more professional in different environments. It's helping me be seen in a different way, which also reflects back to me my power in a new way, which is really, really cool. So I want you to think about that again. And I'll say it again. It's helping me be seen in a new way, which then reflects back to me a different or new level or higher level of power. Because when I can tell that someone has seen me as like a bigger player in the game, because I'm taking myself really seriously and really professionally, and I'm not just like in my black spandex every day, then I in turn behave like that person who is taking themselves really seriously, who like has their game face on, who wants to do big things in the world. So it's really powerful. Another piece around this is not giving a damn around some of the things that you talk about and being clear around what you stand for. So I've talked a lot about this in regards to having written my Nasty Women Manifesto and getting really clear about what I stand for. And so this kind of came up when we decided to send Vinny to Catholic school. And I thought, you know, I can't be on board sending him to Catholic school unless I know how certain kinds of conversations are going to be managed in this community. And so, and I think I've shared the story on the podcast before, but I went to this parent meeting. It was called like Q&A with the principal or something. And there was a handful of parents. I thought it was going to be like this big meeting. It was just a handful of parents, probably like 10 of us. And so they're talking about like the math curriculum and all these different things. And so people are asking questions. And finally, I raise my hand and ask a question. And I say, hey, I'm just wondering how you navigate conversations around marriage equality and women in leadership and women's reproductive rights when the Bible teachings around this are definitely in contrast to a lot of the local community values around those topics. You could have heard a flip and pin drop in that room because everyone else was like, what's the music curriculum? (laughs) And I was like, let's just dive into gay marriage and the Catholic church. I mean, why not? And so, but I put it out there and I was like, this is really, really important to me. And also I knew by bringing that up that there might be parents in there who are like, who is this chick? Like, get over yourself. Like there might be people that like were completely 
caught off guard or maybe even disgusted or bothered or maybe felt like I was being disrespectful because I was like, before even starting my kid at the school, basically saying that like, your school is teaching something that's not in line with our community values. And so like, that's kind of bold, kind of letting my freak flag fly just a little bit. And so they ended up having a really great conversation with the principal and another administrator chimed in. There were some parents in that group who already had kids in the school who chimed in and it was a really good conversation. And when I left, like I did leave that meeting feeling a little bit like, did I just like paint a big, like target on my back for the next nine years that we're at the school where everyone's gonna be like, Oh my God, she's that parent. But this dad came up to me right after. And he's like, I really appreciate you asking that question. I've been totally wondering about that. And I was like, see, like, this is the thing when you have these things in these thoughts that may be giving you anxiety or worries or, and you think like, I don't want to be the person to rock the boat, but mm, like, I really need to know this. The thing is like, there's always other people who will have that in common with you and will be appreciative and connect with you on that level. So then I was like, I'm so glad I asked this because someone else wanted to know the same thing. And we would have both left that meeting, like wondering about it. And then what, like maybe sent an awkward email to the principal, which would have been a one-on-one conversation rather than a community conversation among multiple administrators and parents that actually happened that morning. So I was so glad that I did that. So that's number three, let yourself stand out and don't give a damn. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff, play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. And then number four, confidently embrace what makes you, you, and the right people will automatically be attracted to you. So really know what makes you, you. 
Like I've gotten really clear on what I stand for. So it's no surprise when people come to any of my pages, like I'm speaking out against a lot of the stuff that's going on politically or that I went to the Women's March in Washington, D.C. a year and a half ago. Like no one's shocked by that because I am really open about what makes me me. I'm really open about what I stand for. So it's not surprising when I have an opinion about something. And in the process of that, I've been able to build a community, not that it needs to be an echo chamber of like everyone thinking the same thing, but I've been able to build a community around people who want to have a platform, who want to stand for something, who want to take a stand, who want to stand up for the underdog, who want to, you know, like be on a certain side of an issue and want to be able to better articulate that. So regardless of your political views, I'm just showing people what can happen when you openly stand for something and the power that's behind that and the power of that for women and for mothers in particular. And so that's been really exciting for me. And people recognize that about me now and ask me to come speak on certain things or ask me to come do certain things. It's helped me grow my following. It's helped me grow the podcast platform. It's helped me get amazing guests because people know that I will actually have an opinion on something, that I'm not just going to be a chameleon. And so that makes for good conversation. That makes for someone for a good, like good level of engagement in different kinds of conversations. That makes for powerful, thought-provoking events and thought-provoking conversations and incidences and those kinds of things. So people want to engage with that when they see you standing up and kind of making noise about the thing that makes you uniquely you. It's also really clear then who you are going to attract. Like people don't come to me and say, I attract the right kind of coaching clients. I attract the right kind of people into my membership community because I'm really clear about what I stand for. So I actually don't have to worry about when I started the Momentum Mamas membership community, I didn't have to worry about whiners joining the group and being like, but it's just so hard to be a mom every day. Like literally no one says that in our group because they're all like, you know what, this is hard. And so this is what I'm doing to make it better. Because I'm really clear about people empowering themselves and taking action every day. The people that sign up for my stuff are ready to take action. Like they know that like that's a condition of being in my community because I'm really clear that like it's okay to have a pity party for a moment and then you must move on. You must take radical responsibility for being in charge of your life. So it's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to like have a bump along the road, but of course I'm going to expect you to do something about it. And I'm going to expect you to hold yourself to a high enough standard that you can move beyond your challenges and that you can find the strengths in your struggles. And so people are really clear when they come to work with me that like they're not going to get to sit on the phone and whine with me for a coaching session that they're going to say like, this is my struggle. What do I do about it? How do I take action right now? And that's been very helpful because I don't want to spend time trying to coach people who aren't coachable. So this has been helpful in me attracting the right people to work with and the right people to build communities around. So for you, it might be that you love knitting. And so, oh my God, like join the knitting circle. I remember when we moved to our neighborhood, I was going running one night at like 7 p.m. and I ran past this yarn shop and there was a knitting circle and I was blown away by the diversity of the circle. I was like, 16 year olds to like 87 year olds in this group. It was amazing. Males and females. Like I would have assumed if it was a knitting circle, I would have assumed it would have been like five women who were like 78 years old. Oh no. Oh no. I mean, this group was like as diverse as they come. It was amazing. It was so cool. And I was like, that's how you find your squad. Like you show up and you're like, Hey, I'm totally into knitting. Like, where are my people? You don't hide and like knit at home by yourself. I mean, that might be helpful to you and therapeutic to you and you might love it, but also you go out and you find the people who love the same things where you can like talk about yarn and have like a yarn club. Like that wouldn't appeal to me, but people who are into yarn are into yarn. Like if you're into yarn, you know what I'm talking about, right? 
my example with Indigo Girls. Like, I'm not going to be quiet and shy about listening to the Indigo Girls and like loving every minute of it because it allows me to connect with people and have these fun conversations about like, oh my gosh, yes, me too. Closer to fine is totally my jam. I remember when my husband and I started dating, I found out he was really into war documentaries. And I was like, good Lord. I mean, between the art and the war documentaries, like, I don't even know how we ever stood a chance making it 15 years together. But he had a friend who loved going to war documentaries or watching war documentaries with him. And I was like, thank God he has that friend because then I don't have to do it. And so he was always like really clear about it. He was like, my favorite channel is the History Channel and my favorite show is 60 Minutes. And I was like, Oh my God, thank you for not telling me that on our first date because I would have never gone on the second date. (laughs) But he was able to find friends who had those common interests. So one of the things he did when we were dating, a few years into dating, he decided to take like three weeks vacation and he went to Russia. And I was like, please do not ask me to go to Russia with you. Like I only go to vacations where there's beaches. And so he went with his his war documentary friend. They went to Russia. And like he never even thought to ask me because he knew I wouldn't love it. But he, again, lets his freak flag fly. So he was like, I'm going to Russia. Like, who wants to go? And ended up going with his friend and having a great time because he was really clear. Like, he did not ask me to go. If he had asked me to go and I had gone and pretended that I was into it, I would have just been annoyed the whole time. Like, who knows? There might have been things I really loved. But... I also would have had to like fake a lot of it to be like, wow, we're going to Russia instead of Turks and Caicos. Cool. (laughs) Like he just knew that wasn't my jam. So being really open to confidently embracing what makes you, you. So there is your four tips to let your freak flag fly. Let me just do a quick review. Be honest and unapologetic about what you like and what you don't like. Be okay with repelling some people and trusting that you will attract the ones who you will best connect with. Let yourself stand out and not give a damn. Practice giving less Fs. And lastly, confidently embrace what makes you, you. And the right people will automatically be more attracted to you. So there you go. If this was helpful, follow up on social media and let me know. And I can't wait to connect with you further on this. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly.
Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom in Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.